Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Willie. Today we are going to talk about the summer movie wager with a quick update. We're going to go through some film news and then we are going to close with a full review of Colin Trevorrow's Jurassic World. But before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com where you can write to us and talk to us about the show. Let us know what you think about it. Uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at MFN Podcast. You can also search Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook, Vine, iTunes, and Stitcher to find us in those places. Uh, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com is where you can shop on Amazon as you normally would and have part of your purchase come to us so that we can use that money to make our show and our podcast network better. And I think that's pretty much all the housekeeping up top. So why don't we move on to the summer movie wager. Jurassic World now holds the biggest domestic opening of all time with $208.8 million, beating the record of $207 million set by Avengers back in 2012. Get it, dinosaurs. There you go. Uh, Spy took second place domestically with $15.6 million. Quite a delta between those two. Only like $180 million. No big deal. Uh, $190 million, really. San Andreas took third with $10.8 million. So our top 10 is currently Avengers Age of Ultron with $1.3 billion. Jurassic World with $524 million. Oh took second place in its first weekend with all of its worldwide uh, money as well. San Andreas took third place away. Or no, it sits at third place because it took what would be third away from Mad Max. But San Andreas has $372 million. Mad Max sits at fourth with $329 million. Pitch Perfect 2 has $260 million. Tomorrowland has $177 million. Spy has $113 million. Insidious Chapter 3 has $63 million. Poltergeist is at $54 million. Number 9 and number 10 is Hot Pursuit with $35 million. This is a weird summer. It's going to get weird. Do I say that every year? No. Okay, this is a weird summer. There are two people, <laughs> as I said last week, there are two people that have Jurassic World as their number one. It's going to beat Avengers. If, if, unless it has a significant drop-off, which it might. I, I think it's going to beat Avengers this summer. There's nothing huge for the next two weeks, not till Terminator. Well, we got a Pixar movie coming, which is, that'll take some of the kids away from it, but. When, yeah. When's that? This Inside weekend, Out. I think. Oh, what movie is it? Inside Out. Oh, I don't even... Whatever. It's, cool. it's all about feelings. It's Alex the Pixar movie, so <laughs> I'm quite excited about it. But the, the trailer was really good. Yeah. That's true. All right, I forgot. So, I mean, there's some things coming out, but I think, I don't know, Jurassic World, that blew everybody away, so I don't think it's going to have any trouble getting up there. Yeah. Right now, Fast and Furious still has made more money than Avengers has, and I think Avengers is seriously slowing down so yeah it's got to be by now yeah. it's gonna end around where it's at i think yeah, i think it's i think it made like six million over last week so okay uh as you said pixar's inside out hits this weekend along with dope which i had no clue about until i saw a trailer in the theater and i'm kind of interested in it now yeah i've heard mixed things about it yeah yeah 
So, uh, yeah. That's a summer movie wager. Good job, sure Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, I think I think it's time we can certify Chris Pratt as a bona fide movie star. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. for sure. He's got two incredibly successful franchises going on now. So, yep. good on you, Pratt, Pratt, Pratt. There you go. On to some film news. So, we had some sad news last week. Uh, Christopher Lee passed away at the age of 93. Um, Christopher Lee... Most notably known in the in the last few years in his roles in the Hobbit slash Lord of the Rings trilogy as Saruman and in Star Wars as Count Dooku. Uh, that's episode two and three. Or was he just in three? Two and three. Two and, and three. three. Yep. Um, I mean, he was 93. He's got hundreds upon hundreds of credits on IMDb. If you go and look at him, he's got a metal album to his name. He's been, he's done all kinds of stuff. Even a spy. Yeah. He was a spy. (laughs) He killed people. (laughs) He, he lived quite a storied life. Yes. But, uh, I literally don't think there's any reason to be sad about this. This man lived about as full of a life as you can possibly imagine. (laughs) There's no reason anybody should be sad or shed tears. He, he went out like a champ. Um, the guy released a metal album when he was like 90, yeah, and and apparently people liked it, yeah. so I never really listened to it that much. Oh, I think it's just one of those things where, I mean, it's sad that he passed. Like, it's not like we really saw him slowed down that much. Yeah, they had to make accommodations so he could film in The Hobbit, but I still like he still did a good job as Saruman. When yeah, he had, I think, one of the best scenes in the entire Hobbit trilogy. I mean, his one scene. Yeah. The first one is, <laughs> is one of the only good scenes in the trilogy and, and one of the better scenes in the first movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a loss to, to to movies for sure, no doubt about that. And two, he was two hundred and seventy eight credits on wow. IMDb, and most of those are probably playing Dracula. So. <laughs> um, hundred Dracula, alone. yeah. <laughs> no, he he has an incredibly prolific career. And what's amazing about Christopher Lee, I think, is that he got his start doing these really schlocky uh, Hammer horror films, these British horror films. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Blood of Dracula, Demon's Blood, Bride of Dracula, all this crap, <laughs> and. Um, him and him and old Peter Cushing, uh, who were yep. good demons, blood, bride. Really, he should have been Doctor Strange like fifty years ago. Oh, absolutely. No, he he. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if before, he was still in good, he was invented. If he was still in good health. He'd make a wonderful ancient one. Um, no, he 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 was he was awesome. He was great. I love that he went from that to really kind of being a very well regarded actor. I mean, mostly yeah. because Lord of the Rings, I think, was really, really elevated him to and Star Wars. You know, he definitely got the nerd cred in these past two decades. He did, and yeah. I, I remember hearing a story about him and um, Ian McKellen on the set of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And Ian McKellen was kind of joking with him about some of the crap he had been. Like Ian McKellen kind of went in with like a preconceived notion of who Christopher Lee was because all he had done, for the most part, his most notable stuff was the Dracula stuff. Yeah, and, James and Bond, one of the James Bond movies. Yeah, he was in, Scaramanga. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think Ian McKellen was a little bit snobbish towards him. I think he would admit that. And But once he worked with him on set, he said he's one of the best actors I've ever worked with. Yeah. So that's very cool. His, the the words from a lot of the nine in Lord of the Rings uh, when, when he passed were all kind of touching to, to read. Uh, yeah. I think uh, Ian McKellen's was, was pretty good. And mm-hmm. then I think somebody else got one out there too. I think Viggo Mortensen put something out there too. Yeah. It's It's... He he was always he always put everything he had into the roles he was in, even the ones that were kind of cheesy or corny. He always, I don't think the man ever gave a bad performance. So yeah. you know, he was great. It was wonderful. Yeah. He was in Hugo. That's right. Yep, yep. Very briefly in Hugo. 
And a fantastic voice. Absolutely. Oh, dear yeah. God. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, he wanted to play Gandalf really badly. Yeah, well, he had Tolkien's blessing to play Gandalf. And then he's I, a huge Tolkien fan. Yeah, because yeah. he reads he reads the Lord of the Rings books once, once sometimes twice a year. Mm-hmm. That's his own. And it's it's um, one more Christopher Lee story. Can I tell a little? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, you guys probably have heard this story, but is it the stabbing one? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, there's a scene where uh, a spoiler alert for Return of the King. Sorry, it's been out for a while. <laughs> Christopher Lee's character is stabbed in the back. And during the shooting of the scene, uh, his direction was to scream when he you know, got stabbed in the back, which is a pretty typical movie thing. Mm-hmm. But he explained to Peter Jackson on set that that is not the sound that somebody makes when they're stabbed through the back. <laughs> Peter Jackson's like, what are, you, what are you talking about, Chris? And he's like, well, I mean, you know, I was in the SAS or whatever. He was, yeah. you know, during World War One or Two. I don't even know. He, he was awesome. But uh, he's like, you actually release a bit of air when you're and like, this is just <laughs> insane. Like, uh, Peter Jackson tells the story so well, he kind of, he just goes, okay, I'm not going to ask him any more questions about yeah, that. Like, Christopher, I don't know. Christopher Lee was like, I've stabbed people in yeah, the back. Yeah, like I've much. seen men stabbed in yeah. the back and they don't make that sound. So if you watch the movie, if you watch Return of the King, think about the story and you'll see he does the sound that he had apparently heard in yeah. real life. In, uh, in, Ian McKellen's words that he wrote, he talks about how uh, Jackson filmed Saruman's end uh, being impaled as he falls to the bottom of, of the tower. And uh, apparently Christopher Th- and Christopher Lee didn't like that very much because that's not how Saruman dies in the book. But uh, Ian McKellen thinks that Peter Jackson did it that way just to nod back to uh, Christopher Lee's Dracula role. Oh, the stake to the heart kind of yeah, thing? Yeah. Yeah. I... And I, I always, I liked that change. I'm totally off topic, but I always liked that change anyway. So yeah, and and, and I think it's only in the extended edition. So he just disappears it. in the in the theatrical, which is really <laughs> funny. Like, what the fuck happened to Saruman? Yeah. Where'd he go? Um. All right. So next up on the news, uh, cheers to Christopher Lee. But. Yes, good work. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Man um, of destiny. I'm not certain. Back to parts unknown. <laughs> yes. Yes. Fly in the wings of dragons now, sir. <laughs> yeah, with Dio. With Ronnie James Dio. Uh, director Marcus Dunstan and writer Patrick Melton of the Collector series will be writing and directing the Halloween Returns film, which is the next film in the Halloween series. No information on whether or not this is a continuation of Rob Zombie's films. Well... Or if it goes back and... We have the expert here. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, so right before the official announcement came out, there yep. was a leak... Okay. And it was kind of thrown out there by a lot of uh, horror movie sites that apparently, and this is not, this part's not, this is just rumor. The rest of what you just said is true yeah. for sure. But apparently this will be now the fifth timeline branch that you can take the Halloween franchise <laughs> on, which is insane to me. Like this one branches apparently out of Halloween 2 from 1981. Okay. Which, so supposedly it's going to follow a, one of the, Sons or daughters of the of a couple one of, of the kids victims. of victims slash uh, the cop from Halloween two yeah um, as Michael Myers is on death row um, in a prison and something happens and he gets out and chaos ensues um, I was up and down on this throughout the day as like more it was weird there's like a weird like trickling of information about this thing came out <laughs> I'm like why is everybody where, what like this thing was dead in the water like it was going to be a sequel to the Rob Zombie movie it was going to be in 3D it was going to be shot by the guy who directed My Bloody Valentine 3D which is awesome you should see it but um, and then that that died, and we heard nothing. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, this movie's being made. We have a title. We have a plot. It's, yeah. What? I don't know. 
I'm fine with it. I don't care. <laughs> it's not a Rob Zombie movie, so that's cool. I, I battled with it a little bit. I, Nick yeah. texted me about it, and I was kind of like, eh, eh. But I like Marcus Dunstan. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no clue why they're following Halloween 2. I just don't understand what's happening. Like, why would... I, I, none of that makes sense. But this is the horror genre. Who, like, who's writing it? Uh, him and... Um, Patrick Melton. Who I think is writing partner. They're the, the team that worked on the Collector movies. And the last four saw. So they've not, they were not involved in the zombie uh, no. Halloween films? No. No. He, yeah. Right. Totally Who, What else has Marcus Dunstan done? Um, the, the, he directed the, <laughs> the two Collector movies. Okay. Which I, else. I think are awesome. I thought he was from like the Halloween movies, the 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 zombie ones. Because oh, when okay. I texted you about it, I had no clue who these people were, and I okay, I like got excited. I was like, oh, maybe I'll be the first one to let Willie know. And then I was like, of course not. I'm sure he already knows. Well, well and we, I had assumed, and and I was talking with Tim about it at one point. Assumed that this was going to be a follow up to the, the zombie movies because it would make sense where those movies end off that he would be on death row. That the zombie uh, version of Michael Myers is a lot more of a human. Not not some sort of zombie killing machine. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a lot less supernatural and, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, so the Rob Zombie. Okay, I thought you meant... Never mind. <laughs> there goes my knowledge of the Halloween franchise beyond the first <laughs> one. I was like, was he a zombie at one point? No, he's just... Yeah, he's just like a Mr. Unstoppable killing yeah. machine. But um, I don't know. I mean, I'm down for whatever. Honestly, this this is one of those series where I just... it's. I don't need to see it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, if they stop making them, they stop making them. They will never make a better movie than Halloween. It is the best... Horror film. It's all been downhill. It's the best horror film ever made. Literally, it, there's not a not a better horror <laughs> film that's ever been made than Halloween. In terms of just perfect, exactly how it is. So they're not going to read. They're not going to do it any better. Uh, they've already tried. It didn't work out. Um, so I'm to cool. somebody who has like no working knowledge of Halloween beyond the first one, um, the little the the synopsis sounded cool to me. It's unique. It's different. Yeah, it sounded it sounded exactly. It sounded different. I was like, okay, Michael Myers on a rampage in a prison. I'm down for a prison setting if they're going to do. If neat. they're going to do that, if the if the film is set in a prison, I think it could be, make for some kind of really what it sounded like creepy. Like, like they're there to witness the execution, and then he like gets something. Free. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would like that a lot. I, I think that'd be cool. You could have some interesting characters if you hopefully develop them a little bit before you kill them. You know, so maybe a couple inmates or something in there that are. I, I don't know. We'll see. It's good they're bringing a new creative team. Oh yeah, the the zombie thing. Love him or hate him, he has his own. He put his own stamp on that franchise. I don't think he even wanted to make either one of those movies. I don't know how <laughs> it happened. Um, but Probably a trade for like, here, go make this Lords thing. of Salem, yeah, <laughs> um, can... which I still haven't seen, and I probably won't. Um, yeah, he's made. Oh, by the way, Rob Zombie has another movie coming out. He released the first still from it. Uh, it's got Malcolm McDowell as like his name is like Napoleon Neptune Princess something. He's in like drag. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> don't. Yeah, look at it or don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm down for whatever. Um, okay. This is never a series that has gotten me any more excited. More excited than like Friday Thirteenth. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up on the docket, Rupert Wyatt is directing Gambit for Fox, starring Channing Tatum. <laughs> Listen to the, the the exhaustion and sadness <laughs> in your voice, Jesus, Alex. It's like I'm looking at this. I'm, well, Rupert Wyatt. Okay. All right. Wyatt That's like did, good news and terrible news. Why did time. Rise of the Planet of the Apes? I'd rather him he did go rise, do something not else. Dawn? He did the oh, first Matt, he did rise. He did Dawn. That's he did right. the first one. He did the first. <laughs> <laughs> the first time it rose. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I, you know, I mean, I don't know. Who cares? He did great things with that movie. He did. Unexpectedly so. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it could make the movie cool, but I don't, I don't know. Did you guys watch that Magic Mike thing that I put in the group text? 
where they put Channing Tatum. Was it Tatum. today? No, the group it was text like, was on fire. Today. It was like it was like weeks ago or like days ago. But they put Channing Tatum in old man. Oh makeup. yeah, I watched the first minute and I was like, I don't care about this. Damn it, because you should have gotten like halfway in because when he starts speaking as the old man, he's got this really weird accent. Yeah, I, I watched like, I watched him talk to like four or five people. Like that's his, I, that's his gambit accent right there. That's it. It's kind of so. this weird French ish kind of was Cajun. It good? I mean, it it sounds okay, but it's like it's not trying very hard. I don't get, I don't care even a little bit about a Gambit movie. Call, so. call it here. Is Gambit actually going to speak an occasion accent yes. in this movie? Yes. <laughs> that will be I mean, intention. to anybody who's not from the area, it'll all be indecipherable anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ideally, this movie would be subtitled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Channing Tatum shouldn't be playing Gambit. Gambit. Gambit should be like this grubby guy who's just unbathed and with long hair and unshaven. He shouldn't be like he should. He should be attractive to like women who have problems. <laughs> like, <laughs> it should be the guy from like Hell on Wheels. Like he should look like Anson Mount. Yes. Yeah. He should be like. It looks like he came. He rolled right out of like prospector era american untamed west and just into into like a weird bodysuit that doesn't make sense and then like there's gambit current day lean taylor kitsch with some dirt on him would probably be just taylor kitsch would be great yeah because he already kind of looked like him he already kind of showed he could play it and why does ryan reynolds get another shot but he doesn't yeah because Taylor Kitsch is box office poison. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We don't Ryan, Ryan Reynolds kind of is, here. too, though, as of yeah. the last few years. Yeah. He, he doesn't really have any grand slams under his yeah, belt. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But he did once. He's yeah. got that <laughs> going for him. Taylor Kitsch never quite did. Yeah. No, Taylor, I like Taylor, I like Taylor, Taylor Kitsch. Kitsch doesn't have the, the cachet. I like him. But you know what? Honestly, he's in Trudix. He's doing okay. Let's not worry about T-Kitsch. true. He he he's in he's in a higher state of, of material. He, he now. has a chance now to become a very high tier dramatic actor. So we'll see how that. Well, goes. And he, he, uh, the HBO movie that they made, the normal. Heart, that looks really good. I, I've, I've got HBO now now, and I've been meaning to watch that. So yeah, I've heard it's really good. Yeah. That looks good. Yeah. Very From cool. the one episode of Friday Night Lights I watched over the weekend, he's good. Tim Riggins, in man. <laughs> Tim Riggins. Oh. I mean, he he's pretty intense, but he's he's one eighth the intensity of Kyle Chandler already. Kyle oh, Chandler, but it only gets better. I, I thought Kyle Chandler was intense in Bloodline, and, <laughs> and which he is, you yeah. know, dealing with murder and stuff. But <laughs> in, in football, high school football in Texas and murder, I don't know which is higher stakes. <laughs> so no, it was really good so far. What about my boy Scotty P though? Scott Porter. Scott Porter. He didn't have much to do in the first episode, okay. unfortunately. I, okay. I hope he has. <laughs> I, I, I hope he has more to do. Touche. He's a charmer. He's great. You'll, yeah. I, don't know. I didn't know that was him. Actually, he's so young. I know. In the I know. Show. I so was full like, of life. Who is this? Yeah. It's weird because that show is so old now that I was. I, I had IMDb pulled up in my hand, and I was like, "Who are all these people? Oh, I recognize. Mm-hmm. I, I actually know a lot of them." Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, way off topic. <laughs> Gambit uh, is going to be dumb. Yeah, Gambit. It's, it's going to be dumb. Okay. Whatever happens, dumber happens. than. Well, and, and <laughs> speaking of dumb things, the, re- the revolving door that is the crow, apparently Jack Houston has left after Luke Evans left after Mark Bradley Wahlberg Cooper left. was talked about and Mark Wahlberg <laughs> left and Simon Pegg was joked about. And At this point, they may as well. It's funny, I tried to look up, I wanted to look up that chain to actually follow it all the way back, and I was hoping Wikipedia would have something, 
but they're still stuck on like a different director and Luke Evans. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> like, bothered. Nobody's bothered to update because they they're like, this shit's not gonna stick. I I'm gonna be probably lampooned for making this suggestion, but oh well. The Crow should be like a young adult type movie at this juncture. If they want to make money off of this, they should gear it towards like the Twilight Hunger Games fans. Oh, I mean, it might it, go that direction. I'm just saying that, like, that would be a smart move for the studio. Like, yeah, it's well, not... Well, and they, the next, like, supposedly the people circling or that they want, Nicholas Holt is one of them. See, there you go. That's so they are starting younger, to skew younger. younger guy. I think I'm, somebody came to their senses over there and was like, maybe a 40-year-old dude. There's no way to go. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the way to go. I mean, I, I, the, the with a more of a young adult approach. Unless it was going to be, like, hard R and, like, super violent and directed by a cool director. But then... You know, just make a new Spawn movie at that point. Because that honestly sounds a little more welcome. <laughs> We're getting the Punisher soon anyway, so yeah. that'll... that'll all, everything's that everything's fine. We're going to be just fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess we don't need a really good Crow movie because... No, I know it's fine. <laughs> we already have one, so... <laughs> As I look over at Nick... <laughs> Ugh, Pretty crow. sure John rewatched that obsessively. At some point in his, I, lo- I love that movie. In his I, younger days. It has things about it that are... Sty- sty- stylistically, that do. movie is gorgeous to look at. I love it. Did Alex Proyas direct it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. It's got his stink all over it, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It has it has some cool look, and it's got it's got Michael Wincott, which... He's know, fantastic in it, too. If you want to get my ass in a seat, Wincott's a good way to do it. And Ernie Hudson. Yeah, well, but, I think the thing is you just have to get past the... You have to get past some of the the stuff that's of that era, which is that very like <clears throat> grunge, like you know, there's, there's that 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 nineties kind of stink. Yeah, a little even bit. that's kind of okay. Just some of the writing is just really ridiculous. It's, oh, it's over the top. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very of its time, I guess. But it's the, a part, yeah. But the but writing, you 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 make yeah. a great. I never even thought of that. If they geared it towards towards a, a younger crowd like that, it's Boom. probably. Yeah, I mean, you have the basic it. idea where they, they you make them a little younger. What's Taylor Lautner up to these days? Oh, please don't do that. Making though. like D-list <laughs> movies, like directed DVD, directed Netflix, <laughs> junk. That poor guy. Some what? Who cares? I don't know. <laughs> that poor guy. He'll be fine. He's a Michigander. We should stick up for him on the Midwest That's Film That's true. Podcast. I'm sure he's a nice boy. I just want to say to Taylor, it can't rain all the time, and you're gonna be all right. <laughs> All right, we he got rained on. on enough in the Twilight movies. <laughs> he's been he's had wet clothing clinging to him enough for this era. <laughs> okay, finally something to throw in here real quick. Apparently, Chris Hemsworth has been cast as the uh, receptionist in Paul Feig's Ghostbusters film. I'm gonna sound like a total dick because I've been doing nothing but pooping all over this movie. <laughs> I'm gonna sound really sexist, but this is the one piece of casting that's got me excited. And I have a reason for it. I have a reason for it. It's the exact opposite of Janine Melnitz, and I love that. Like it's totally taking like the nerdy secret female secretary and spinning it completely over on its head. And I kinda dig that. This is so. when you can post the clip from Dumb and Dumber where he goes, and then you go and do something like this <laughs> and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> it's kind it is it, it's funny. It's really I, funny. I, don't, I still don't I care about the great. movie. Like, because well, I really I hope, hope he's. I hope he's like supremely like they they make him as hunky as possible, and he's just a complete vapid knucklehead. Well, not only that, that'll but be I, that would actually be hilarious. I hope that he's just like like 
he's in the background. Like, you see him in the background of the shot, and he says maybe two lines in the whole movie, and that's all. Like, that's all Chris Hemsworth is. That might be movie. better if he's... If that's he's, what I yeah. want. See, what, what's the movie he's in? Uh, oh, the, vaca- the new Vacation movie. Yep. That looks funny. That looks Absolutely. like the kind of role that, like, yeah. five to, like, eight years ago James Marsden would have played yep. mm-hmm. and excelled at. And so I don't hope he's only in two scenes. I hope he has lines and interaction with the characters. I just hope he's, like... This really pretty thing they keep around, but it's just totally daft. And like maybe he has some physical comedy. In really the bad at his job, but they, yes, yes. Yeah. But like he's I'm, like nice and like too attractive for them to right. get rid of. I'm just kind of hoping that he has less importance to the events of the movie than Janine Melnitz did in the first in the original. Like I'm hoping he has literally no importance in the movie. Yeah, like I want him to be there as basically like eye candy and the like. You're the receptionist, Chris Hemsworth, and it's almost just like a. The fact that they cast Chris Hemsworth as the receptionist in the movie is the joke itself. That that should be the joke. I I, I almost if if he is more important, I kind of hope he's Oscar from from uh, I disagree though from Ghostbusters two. That'd Ooh. be kind of funny. I hope I hope he's baby Oscar from Ghostbusters two. <laughs> oh, just grown up. Well, because I'm sorry that that <laughs> that baby's broke looking, and if yeah. he became Chris Hemsworth, Chris it would Hemsworth. be like damn. Gives everybody it, hope. It, yeah, I see what you're saying, Alex, but I don't want him to be cast purely because of who he is, because that's exactly what we've been complaining about. This movie is like stunt casting, casting people just because of who they are. I want I want the the role should have a little bit of substance. They shouldn't be like let's cast him because it'll be funny, because that's exactly what we were all bitching about. When this movie was in development, it was like, oh, they're going to cast so-and-so just because they're so-and-so. Just because they're funny. Just because they're whatever. He should be the right guy for the role. Uh, he yeah. can do exactly yep. as much as she had to do in the first movie. She wasn't integral yeah. to the plot. Okay. But she had great... She played off the other guys well. And I think that's what it's all about with Ghostbusters is just the, the chemistry. I mean, the plot of Ghostbusters is not like amazing. But I, okay, I suppose what I want it more... It, like, I don't, I don't necessarily want it to be like, oh, we're going to hire him because he's hot. Because I feel like that scene might be in there. I almost want it to be like a... He's just very circumstantially the receptionist here. And none of them give a shit that out. he looks like Chris Hemsworth. That'd be kind of you funny know? too. I, I just would. hope he gets to he gets possessed at some point and gets to deliver Lewis Tully stuff. Because that would be <laughs> hilarious. Can you imagine his Aussie accent talking I wonder if about, there's going to be a Lewis Tully character. We'll see. We don't really know. We don't really know that much. Whatever. Will it be Louise there's, Tully? They're supposed to be a uh, dickless character. Like, like, it seems like they're setting supposed it up. supposed to be a William Atherton? Yeah. Hmm. We'll see. I, I don't know. We'll see. This is fun, though, but I, I'm, I, don't, I still don't really care that much about the movie. You yeah. know, like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Sure, it's happening. Okay. I'm still excited for it. Good. I think it'll be I'm fun. glad. I'm glad. Especially after hearing Spy was so good. Paul Feig's got that. That was really hilarious. Like, Tim's a recap of that. Yeah. Like I said... Uh, I didn't think there was anything that would a make me not want to see San Andreas and b have interest in Spy, but <laughs> you guys did it. So there you go. Good job. That's why the Midwest film nerds exists. That's a damn unique perspective. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we can move on to our review of Colin Trevorrow's Jurassic World. In a park, twenty-two years after the first failure, it is open and functioning, but something goes wrong. Can our heroes make it out? Nick Blauvelt's recap of Jurassic just, World. Just there rough, you go. roughly translated from IMDb. How close was I? <laughs> it's, it's basically spot on and probably written better. Yes. But it's written, written by... That, that one's written better? No, yours. <laughs> it's written by InGen159260. Ooh, I like this. Fan, so I'll read it. 22 years after the events of Jurassic Park, Island Nublar now features a fully functioning dinosaur theme park. Okay, got that. <laughs> Jurassic World, as originally envisioned by John Hammond. After 10 years of operation and visitor rates declining, in order to 
fulfill a corporate mandate, a new attraction is created to respark visitors' interest, which backfires horribly. There you go. So this movie stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Ty Simpkins, Judy Greer, Vincent D'Onofrio, Irfan Khan, Nick Robinson, Jake Johnson, Omar Sy, B.D. Wong, Lauren Lapkus, and more. And more. Um, and more. One of the next movies in the selective sequel thing that's happening right now where you've yeah. got... Like, this is maybe leading the charge, I think, technically, of movies ignoring other sequels that have happened a la Aliens, Alien whatever by... I um I'm sorry. Oh yeah, Neil Blomkamp. Neil Blomkamp and potentially Halloween returns <laughs> and other I think the new Godzilla kinda did that. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Kinda. I'm I don't know. Kidding. It's kind of a remake. Yeah. Yeah. I'm joking. No joking on this. This is a serious Do we know that this ignores here. the other ones? Yes. Like a hundred percent? Like I think it directly contradicts things that happen in Does two it? and three. Technically. Hmm. I'm not sure where. I haven't done the research, but I think I'm other curious to have. look into that because I'm not 100 percent sure that it is. It, it, I mean, it's not paying attention to any of those for sure, but I'm not sure it's doing away with those. I don't know. We'll see. Like, I wonder what the cleanup would be. To, to well, get... Trevorrow said this is a direct sequel to the first. Like okay. he, he, pretty he? Much, he pretty okay, much well, said there, there that we was go. his plan from the start. There we go. So we're good. It doesn't uh, mean necessarily. You know, I think, I think uh, number one, if uh, spoilers for the Lost World Jurassic Park, but if you get, if at some point the the T Rex makes it back to L A, you're no longer funding a Jurassic Park. To be fair, there's a lot of reasons why they wouldn't be funding this park that we're going to get into. Well, but. yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we'll save we'll save that conversation. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, go back to one of our previous episodes to find our thoughts on the original Jurassic Park when we went and saw it in IMAX. Uh, a year or two ago. That was the best. But, Nick, oh. what did you think of Jurassic World? Um, You know, I went in with uh, very low expectations because I did not think this looked good. I don't think it even made it on my top ten anticipated. Maybe it was number ten. Maybe. I think it was low if it was on. It there. was definitely low. Yeah. I, I think it maybe was number ten. Because uh, I just didn't think it looked very good. Uh, so that said... And I think with movies these days, expectation is kind of everything because marketing is so out of control now and the trailers and TV spots and that. Um, I enjoyed it. I was, I always feel like a dummy when I talk to a lot of my other friends about movies because they go, man, the plot was so predictable and like I totally knew where it was going. And when the movie's over, I agree because I'm like, yeah, I see that now. But in the movie, I never, I never think about that. Yeah. It's got to take a truly awful movie for me to go, okay. You're good at going. strapping down and getting Dude, into it's, the ride. Dude, it's actually kind of a problem. <laughs> it's like my ability to fall asleep anywhere. It's kind of a, it's more of a hindrance than a gift. Yeah. But yeah, I I'm just... I think that's called narcolepsy, I get, yeah. <laughs> um. But I was I was along for the ride for the most part. I got I got pulled out a little bit sometimes, but it was generally only for good things, like things that were so over the top or so hilarious that I I had to like react physically, yeah. like by making a laugh or something. By making a laugh, who says that? Um, <laughs> oh, I made a laugh. <laughs> uh, but it, it's it's not it's not great. I think it's good. I think it's a good Jurassic Park movie. If Here's the thing. I was talking to another friend of mine today about it, and he he said exactly what I wanted to say, and I've never been able to say it for some reason, and it's right there. And it's I love the, you too, Nick. It's the sense that yeah, <laughs> we had this talk earlier. Um, he said, maybe Jurassic Park isn't a franchise, and I just went, mm, and pointed right at him, and I was like, that's exactly it. This should not be, there should never have been another Jurassic Park beyond the first one. 
And it's not that it's not because quality is going to be less or anything. It just it doesn't make any sense mm. at all. And I, and the movie is good enough and enjoyable enough and and well made enough that I I enjoyed watching it and got some fun out of it. It had some tense parts. It had some some funny lines. The every, the characters are good for the most part. But in the back of my mind, I'm always going, "This is pure fantasy," and I think that's probably why I was able to kind of shut it off and... exactly and just strap down and go. You know what? It's cool to hear the Jurassic Park theme again. It's cool to see an engine helicopter fly over a tropical <laughs> island. That's cool. BD Wong. It's cool to see a T Rex. Well, eh. <laughs> and <laughs> pump the brakes there. Um, so I can't say if you have an issue with suspension of disbelief. I mean, I, you probably didn't like the first Jurassic Park because it's pretty it's pretty out there. But if the, if you're one of those people that these days where it's like you know you got to be over, everything's got to be Nolan and like realistic and grounded. how can it be how can it be plot yeah grounded uh, screw that you you will hate this movie because none of it makes any sense. But overall, it's it's well made, it's well directed, it's got some cool <laughs> some cool uh, new perspective on the island, which is neat. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> Alex so is this dying. idea of like a grounded Jurassic Park where it's just like plants and things that have made it <laughs> yeah. to now. Fish, <laughs> turtles. Like, like little flies and things like that that are like, this has been around since the Jurassic period. Just a crocodile. <laughs> a zoo. A couple we, crabs. Here's a sturgeon. Sturgeon fish. Yeah, that's anyway, funny. We sorry. Should, someone can make that. <laughs> the Christopher Nolan's Jurassic Park. It's, it's the one that no one would fund. Seaweed. Um, There's like a thing of seaweed that's just... In a tank. Oh, beautiful. Um, man, I can't even remember where I was going now. That, <laughs> so that's funny, though. You said it was well-directed and... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, the thing is, I think if if Spielberg had made this one, it would have been better. Because I think there there are a lot of... There's a lot of Spielbergian things about this in terms of the types of characters. But Colin Trevorrow, who does a good job, definitely, with what he's handed. Um, huge reins, huge responsibility to try to try to bring this thing back, even though it was pretty low. It was been, what... 13 years since the previous 14 it's been a long time something like that um, yeah. he does well but there there's some of the characters feel really off and they're not especially the kids the kids aren't really directed particularly well i don't think and a lot of their scenes i'm just kind of like Oof. whereas the kids in the first jurassic park are they Perfect. feel they yeah they're, they're excellent so anyway um yeah i can't get into too much more without spoilers but it, it's it's good it's okay good. it's a good enough movie i would say it's actually probably the second best jurassic film but I don't hate the second one the way the rest of the world does. And I don't really hate the third one either. I'm just kind of indifferent. Yeah. So, but the, the, we'll get it, I think, probably more into exactly how logical are these movies. <laughs> so, all right, Willie. This is the best Jurassic Park sequel. Did you think I was going to say it was the best Jurassic Park? Uh, no. Will you? You had too much of a smile on your face. I know. I can't I can't hide <laughs> anything from you, Alex. Um I I enjoyed this quite a bit. It's um it was never going to be the original. And I think that for the most part people have recognized that. That movie, that first movie is very special. It came out at just the right time for people kind of in their late 20s, early 30s, mid to, I don't know, in, in a certain age range now, mm-hmm. it came out at that perfect time. Um, and in a way, this movie acknowledges that. It acknowledges that it's not going to be better than the first. Um, and it doesn't try to be. It just tries to be a fun, action-filled romp with some dinosaurs. And I'm cool with that. I'm glad it didn't try to aim to be anything more than that. Um, I'm okay with that. Like, that doesn't bother me. 
Like, I think Trevor O knew the movie he was making. But he is able to put a little bit of social commentary in there that I think is more relevant to today's culture, especially in regards to the kids. Um, I really enjoyed... It's almost borderline meta, which is... Mm-hmm. It teeters on that a little bit. But I love the idea that... I mean, it's been ba- the same span of time in between the movies as it has been in real life, correct? Or pretty close? I think so, yeah. And there's moments in the movie, and I don't remember who has the lines. It, it's mentioned a couple times where there's an acknowledgement there that the kids nowadays just don't... Like, they don't care about dinosaurs anymore, yeah. and, and the, the magic is gone. And it totally makes sense. If you look at kids nowadays, they're all sitting around on their cell phones. The, the, the sense of wonder with kids is gone. I don't see kids outside playing Jurassic Park or on the playground playing Jurassic Park. Now, I don't hang out around playgrounds because they're not creepy. But um, <laughs> You kids playing Jurassic Park. You better start <laughs> playing dinosaur. I just run out in a dinosaur costume and start chasing around. Um, man arrested in Michigan. <laughs> um, but you don't see that. And I think that Trevorrow was clearly a fan of the original. And I think that he's in that right age range where it was that special time for him. And I think he wants to recapture that for the kids now. He's hoping that this, the, seeing this kind of movie again will hopefully reinvigorate interest, not just in the series. I think that's less important to him because I don't think he's going to direct another one of these. I think it's more about reinvigorating an interest in science and nature and dinosaurs and not even just dinosaurs. I mean, uh, paleontology and archaeology, all that stuff. Like, I think he's trying to, you know, he's hoping that it's going to be, there's going to be an interest there. And I think he succeeds with some of that meta commentary. It doesn't beat you over the head, but it is there. Um, the only problem I have with that is it doesn't quite, hit the mark in terms of trying to get kids interested because it doesn't really educate you at all. And I'm not no. saying that kids should should turn to Jurassic Park for their dinosaur educations. It's not the best source. But the thing about the original and even some of the, a couple of the sequels is they always told you what dinosaur was what. They always explained this one's a meat eater. This one's a, they did it without being an educational, you know, summit on dinosaurs, but they did it in a way that was organic and it weaved its way into the dialogue and stuff. Well, and they, they also don't... like use techniques and things like, especially I'm thinking of like the sick dinosaur in the original where they're kind of like using the scientific techniques of like what was in this thing's diet that's making it sick. Like going through and doing that kind of thing and kind of exploring the, the ideas and the logic of these animals. Whereas this movie is just kind of like, here are these animals. And, and I want you to think real quick about uh, 93 was the original Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Who knew what a velociraptor was except for paleontologists? No one. Yeah. No one. People knew T-Rex. They knew Brontosaurus. They knew Pterodactyl, so on and so forth. That movie has made the velociraptor one of, if not the most popular dinosaur in, in, in popular culture. Yeah. Something that most people didn't know about. And, and we're all educated. We know what a velociraptor does. We know how it hunts or you know how it's theorized to hunt. That's very cool. There's an education aspect there, and that's missing from this. And so mm-hmm. I think some of that meta stuff fails because he's kind of saying, like, kids, go out there and enjoy the wonder of, of the world. And then he's like, I'm not going to tell you about any of it. It's going to, you know, so it's a, that's a little bit of a fall. I don't know. I've been stuck on this for a while. I'll get into more in spoilers. Um, I enjoyed the movie overall. It has definitely has some flaws. It was just a fun time. It was a great little summer blockbuster. I'll watch it again on Blu-ray and probably enjoy the hell out of it, especially towards the finale. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, characters are kind of weak in this one. I always found the characters in the Jurassic Parks in one and three likable. Two, they're whole horrible, miserable shitbags. But <laughs> um, this one, they, they there wasn't much character. It's it's a little unfortunate. Some of the Pratt charm comes through, but he's not allowed to do too much with it. So that's yeah. a bit of a bummer. Uh, D'Onofrio chews scenery though, so good for him. Yeah. Uh, Irfan Khan, yeah. amazing. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, the side characters were significantly more interesting in their little bite sizes than the actual main characters. Uh, bite sizes, huh? Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I do this all the time. I don't realize I'm doing it. Um, and I'm just that good at, at, at yeah. yeah. The opposite of Alex on the San Andreas review with all of his oh, horrible man. earthquake <laughs> he was. He was, ooh, man. Anyway, so. They were know, off the charts. <laughs> I think you should check it out if you're a fan of... Take your kids to go see this. Having some aftershocks here. Right? <laughs> oh, boy. Take your kids to go see it. Um, it's, it's kind of violent, but take them to go see it. Have anyway. some kids. Take them to go see them. No, yeah, do that. Um, unless you're not ready for kids, then don't do that. I actually can't decide if this one's darker than the first one or not. I don't think it's darker tone uh, in terms of thematically. I really don't. You think the first one's a little darker? Yes. The first, I guess the first, the first one's probably scarier. Well, yeah, they, they they do a lot less showing and more telling, and I think that that's inherently scarier to use your own imagination. They don't show a raptor on screen all the way until like an hour and fifteen minutes of that yeah. movie. In the first one, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's really that's really uh, effective. That's a, yeah, and like the idea of just like hearing them from far away or and something seeing like glimpses that is... of a tooth or an eye or a, that's terrifying. That's mm. terrifying. Spielberg's so. uh, ability to create tension is yeah on full effect in that movie yeah. i mean the the t-rex everything involving the t-rex in the first movie is still incredible i don't think so. it's any any more violent than the other ones necessarily or gory or anything i think it's a little a little more mean to some of the characters. this one has the most yes. brutal death in the entire yeah. franchise and it's undeserved completely it's just ridiculous um, so we'll hilarious. get into that in spoilers but it's really mean and it kind of bummed me out mm-hmm. but anyway so uh yeah no check it out for sure uh, I enjoyed this movie when I got out of it, but when I start pouring over it with a fine tooth comb, I'm kind exactly. of more like, because mm, you pull out your little brush and you start dusting off the bones <laughs> and seeing what's going on in exactly, there. Exactly. Exactly. Liking what you find. I, there were things that I liked about this movie very much, but there's a lot of stuff that just like, this is one of those movies and the, the thing that I always talk about where it's just dumb people doing dumb things the whole time, pretty much. <laughs> And even there's some glimpses of being smart, but even then, not all the time. And I never like that. It's very much the like the horror movie thing of like, why are you going upstairs when you know that the killer's up there? Burn there's, the house down. Yeah, exactly. Clearly. Burn the house down. <laughs> Leave. Call the cops. Burn the house down. And then, you know, like there's logic. You can apply logic. And yeah, we can argue about would you follow that logic when you're in a situation of duress. But sometimes, in a lot of moments in this movie... There's no duress yet, and you being dumb leads to there being duress. I really want to hear more about this. Yeah. So we can, we can kind of get to that in spoilers. But, uh, and, and as Willie said, I mean, we all knew that this wasn't going to be Jurassic Park, but there's so much respect in Jurassic Park for things like sound design and use of score. And neither of those things, for me, made it to this movie. Like... It very much feels like you're just taking the score and plugging it in because, oh, this is our first real glimpse at the park, so the theme has to kick in and it can't mean anything to you. Like, I was waiting for, like, that, that, uh, the kind of slow piano version that's in the trailer. I wanted that to pop up somewhere and, like, that should have been, I'll, I'll get to it that. Did, it did, it did a little bit. But I, but yeah, but I, like, I wanted it to have more meaning to it, too, you know? Like, not just like a, I don't know. It's like they're trying to be like, hey, you heard this at this point in the last movie. I want you to feel the same things. And it doesn't work that way. Like, you need to you need to be pulling the strings the same way. You need way. to earn it. 
Or you need to earn it, yeah. And it just very much feels like a, here's the theme on a tinny speaker in the monorail. Like, no thanks. I don't care about that. Um, and the sound design, like like I was saying earlier, like the, and I, t- I said to Nick after we had seen it, the, the idea of being in the theater and watching that glass start to shake on the dashboard, like hearing that and the sounds of the T-Rexes and all of that comes across so well, and it still does, and it probably doesn't help that the last time I watched that movie was in an IMAX theater, but I was in a theater with Dolby Atmos seeing this movie, and it yeah. didn't do anything for me in that respect so i'm disappointed yeah there wasn't it. really a single roar that was really like whoa no cool the only the only sound i heard that stood out was that kind of signature velociraptor screech yeah noise when they're like running around yep and i'm sure it's something really weird in real life that ben yeah. bird created but i heard that like it's ben bert scratching I, the underside of a table with his <laughs> pocket knife yeah exactly just ben bert screaming At 25 <laughs> degrees celsius with I don't know. It, it happened like, I mean, it was near the end of the movie that I finally heard it. And I was like, oh, yeah, good. All right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, well. But like, that's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, like if maybe Jurassic Park shouldn't be a franchise, but I would like it much more if the movie was kind of built off of the franchise, not only for some of the subject matter, but also like it's kind of like being like, I want this movie to stand the test of time for the things that it does, which is a tough demand to put on any movie. But. I still feel like you should be looking for ways to to evoke those things, especially with something that's so nostalgic as this movie, you know? That's weird. It, it worked for me for a little bit, I'll say. Like, the monorail scene when the theme kicked in, I kind of bought, bought into and it. And that might be nostalgia. See, here's the other thing. Oh, agree. yeah, absolutely. The last, the well, only... if, if you overlay this movie over the first Jurassic Park, I'm sure you've got... That's the, that's the you've thing. You've got some pretty much the same movie. Like, the only pretense here is that this movie happens... Like, the shit hits the fan after the park opens instead of before. That's the difference here. That's pretty it. much. And, pretty and much. That's also a little disappointing to me. Well, we'll I think we'll get... We'll, well definitely we'll, heavily get into that. Yeah. Um... There was one other thing that I wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, the lack of Bob Peck? Well, yeah, and Jeff Goldblum, really. Yeah. But what was I going to say? Damn it. Nick, rewind. What were you saying? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Either. You can rewind. You have the power. <laughs> I don't have instant replay. Uh, right I was talking about... I don't know. No, that's okay. Um, just give me one. I really wanted the horrible melodica cover of Jurassic Park theme to come in. Like I kept thinking of it throughout the movie. Have you have you ever seen that video? Oh oh god! All right, anyone who is listening to this and hasn't seen it, just you just search Jurassic Park melodica yeah. theme or something like that. It, it, if you don't laugh, <laughs> it's okay. I'll be really surprised actually because if you listen to this thing, you, your humor is probably somewhat in yeah. tune with us. So. I can't think of what I was saying, but we should probably just get right into Spoiler Terry. Do it. So, we'll be right back with Spoiler Terry. Yeah, we'll see. Welcome back. We're here in Spoiler Terry for Jurassic World. Uh, Nick wanted to hear me talk about people being stupid. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? If you want to use the argument, like I was saying earlier, of you're under duress, you're not going to pick the smartest option, that's fine. Cool. Uh, number one, if you can't find a dinosaur in its cage and you have a tracker on it, 
please call about the tracker before you send the people in the cage. That is so dumb. That is so stupid. That is the dumbest thing that I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah, I was actually really surprised that, that that was what they settled on in the screenplay for the dinosaur to get loose. When I was like, oh shit, it climbed the wall. I'm like, that's kind of cool. They yeah. didn't know it could do that. And I was like, neat, it's out there. And I was like, oh, you just left the door open and it ran out? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, man, I bet the screenwriter was at home and he was like, oh, man, how, how's this dinosaur get loose? And his dog ran out the door and he was like, fuck, shouldn't have left that open. <gasps> <laughs> that dinosaur runs out the door that's open. Yeah, like, and it's that's just, number one, do not do that. Do not, you should be calling about that tracker as soon as you're like, hmm, I can't see the dinosaur. Let me drive back to the lab because I don't have a phone to call the people that could look this up immediately. You know, the the there's something about the way the first movie's structured that when you see the you see the dinosaur enclosures and you're like, that looks like it could hold a dinosaur. But something about this one, as soon as they approached the 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 pen that it's in, essentially, mm-hmm. and they were looking at it, I was like, man, that ain't gonna hold shit. And I don't know what it was about it that looked really ramshackle to me, but I think part of me was like. Why is it even at ground level? Like, shouldn't yeah. it be in like a pit, yeah. covered in like plexiglass, and like then surrounded by a concrete wall? And it just seemed weird. It seemed like they were asking for trouble, especially like you don't know what it's capable of, really. Uh, yeah, which is the mm. one of the biggest things about the movie that's strange. Unless is your like, name is Doctor Henry Wu, then you know well, exactly you know, what it's Doctor, capable of. Doctor, <laughs> I've got a bone to pick with Doctor Henry Henry Wu because yeah. if you're gonna start just yeah, plugging in Wu. random genome parts of things, and you're like, uh, number one, we'll ignore the ice pack that exploded when he was like, well, I put in three sequences from the cuttlefish, and it can disguise now. No, sorry, that was actually no. really unnecessary. I well and, and like just the weird stupid techniques that it has like the IR cloaking and like all that yeah. kind of stuff it's just why does it know it can do that too why would he not disclose this garbage when you're throwing like oh you know what we put some some uh like it's the it's the problem didn't that goes they back hint to the that, first though? didn't they isn't there a conversation I mean I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just well no I'm gonna try to um <laughs> didn't they isn't there a conversation had with the Nafri on the room where basically they were saying that there were there's a sect of Engen that's working on weaponizing the dinosaurs? We know this, and that Wu was personally in charge of w- making a weapon dinosaur. Wasn't I, that kind of? I think they alluded to that. Yeah, but they didn't explain it well enough, or make me believe it, or make me care about it. Right. No, I'm just saying that there was an attempt, at least, to like. It, it seemed see, like he was on the take from Ingen and Dinafrio right. to engineer a dinosaur that has all these capabilities. And then he was essentially field testing it by having it there. Okay. So, that, so I think that's what they were aiming for, but yeah. it's really terrible. I, I buy it's that a little over bit more, bit. especially if it was like it was the, the purpose of this monster to break loose and start wreaking havoc, which is really deplorable and terrible. And oh, it's horrible. Not good. But that's such a footnote in the movie. Like the idea that we would just be like, especially if Jurassic Park happened in this. And you hear, oh, we fucked up because we put frog DNA in there and these guys could reproduce. You would hope they would learn those lessons of like, okay, maybe we should pay more attention about the DNA that goes into these things and not just take this gigantic monster that has God knows what else in it. Like, to me, that's just offensive on all points of like, 
But Henry Wu wishes to play God. Henry Wu can do whatever he wants, but I think as He's soon as like man. as soon as like Irfan <laughs> Khan's like, all right, you got a new thing for us, and oh, it's a bigger dinosaur. All right, well, if we want to make sure people don't die, I need to know exactly what this thing can do. I think that's part of that. Man, I feel like I'm doing this a lot now. Um, part of that is is the naivete that he. He clearly was picked, but he mentions being picked, handpicked by John Hammond to continue to run the... Yeah. And I, I mean, John Hammond was incredibly naive, too. If you look at that first movie, John Hammond's a freaking idiot. Yeah. He knows... And Henry Wu's an idiot back then, too, because Malcolm even says to him, like, you don't know anything about these dinosaur species. And You've done none of the research. You're just making them. Clearly, like, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, the Jurassic Park movies are... are the, one of the linchpins of the Jurassic Park movies is that there are people doing very dumb things. And for some reason, it's really unenjoyable for me when I think about it after the fact. But and for some reason, it works for me in Jurassic Park. But it does not work. Probably because it's the first time they're making these mistakes. Exactly. (laughs) And in this universe, Jurassic Park occurred. That happened. It was a terrible thing. They comment on it. Yep. That's the biggest thing for me. I think with the movie, and the reason I can't take it too seriously is that there's no reason that park should exist. Like it's just. Especially like if this if this movie took place a hundred years later, I'd be kind kind of buy it. But for me to buy that twenty years later, they've not only ten years later, even they, before then because they yeah, had to be working. On ten it for ten some years time. later, they got it up and running and working. Like, and that right. ten years after that, people already don't give a shit. Well, to be fair, to be fair though, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do it again. To be fair, Lost World and Jurassic Park Three are out. They don't exist. We don't know what the fuck was covered up about that first incident. They could have paid off every fa- Robert Muldoon. Here's your your family. Here's fifty million dollars to your family. Don't fucking say a word. He died in an accident. They could say I mean, anything they wanted to. That, they they that, were in Costa Rica with the corrupt ass Costa Rican government. They can probably make them make things disappear. That's a good point. That's. F- but I, I would fair. rather the movie have addressed that than. I don't than, disagree. I'm just trying. To I'm trying to. to I'm trying to make logical leaps here. To say yeah, that. no, they they know about it though because Jake Johnson talks about it exactly. And like like she divulges that he's in. The, he works for the company though, but it's still kind of like that shouldn't. The shirt made it to eBay. <laughs> I, th- I think it's safe to assume it's public knowledge. It might. Somehow. It might very well be. Yeah. It might. But in which case, thing, yeah, and even, like, even if it wasn't, like you'd have to take some pretty pretty crazy investors to be like, yeah, let's give it another go. Yeah. Real quick though, let's let's stop about this realism thing for a second. It's a good conversation. <laughs> this we isn't need to realism. Start. This is just logic. Logic. Let's stop with the logic, <laughs> guys. There's a second returning character in this movie. It's not just Henry Wu. The fucking T Rex from yeah. One returns, and it's the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. I was so ex- as soon as like open paddock nine. I mean, it's so dumb. At that point, I'm like, I don't care. This, yeah. like, this plan is horrible, but I don't care. Like as soon as they, he's, she's like, we need more teeth. I'm like, yes. It's like, Actually, that that plan I thought was kind of okay. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why well, there we go. <laughs> I, 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 oh my god. When I, the love, I, love showed the, up, I love the like new Godzilla ness of it. Of like, we gotta have our own monster. Oh, face like, turn. It was, it was pretty, incredible. Yeah. I mean, technically, she did it in the first one, so she. Yeah, it that's in. true. That's true. But seeing that T-Rex back again was just that so was special. Cool. That was a cool moment. And, and the, um, the flare being involved was kind of neat. Kind of a neat callback. The, the, the battle was awesome between the three. Once again, it was silly. I mean, yeah, that T-Rex would eat that raptor right away. But I liked, I liked the idea that this was an abomination of both of them and that maybe like something up here tells them this is not right and it needs to be killed. Because that happens in, in nature. Oh, sure. If something is defective or wrong, man. they will kill it. Yeah. So that was interesting. And then, of course, the, the triple threat, the, the Mosasaurus showing up and just, <laughs> I'm going to eat this guy. This guy looks fucking tasty. I'm going to eat him. 
Um, speaking of Moses Torres seating people, I want to get to this real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, that <laughs> poor girl who's just trying to do her job. And, and I missed this the first time through. Somebody made me aware of this. Plan her wedding. Yeah. Oh. This poor girl who's trying to do her job. And these idiot kids are running off. They, they get her killed. And she doesn't just, like, get stomped on or get, like, chomped in one chomp. Like, no. She gets killed by, like, four dinosaurs. <laughs> her death scene goes on for a solid three minutes. It's, I thought it went on so long, I thought she was going to get rescued. Because I was like, this is way too That's much why peril. it was so mean. Because I'm like, oh, she'll be all right. And then, no, she's super dead. Chomped. She's being digested by that yes. giant crocodile. Yeah, that was brutal. It was really mean. Like, I, I'm wondering if Colin Trevorrow has an ex-girlfriend and he, like, named the character <laughs> after his That's exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah. is exa- I said. I said it was probably her that he cast. But Yeah, I mean, no, that, that was, was funny. But, Ex-fiance trying to plan the wedding. <laughs> The last thing I wanted to mention was, um, <laughs> I agree with Nick. I know that Trevor is totally playing on those nostalgic sensibilities because he, I think, has them too, clearly. Yeah. Um, but it got me. The the music when he opens the curtains, I was like, oh, God, the park is real. This is awesome. And the part, I got a little misty, boys. I got a little misty. I had, I had an Alex's Tears moment for myself when they went into the, the old... old Center and something about seeing it was it was cool and and nostalgic to see the the banner on the ground and the continuity of seeing those two Velociraptor skeletons that the T Rex had killed at the end of the first one down there that was very cool but for some reason the paintings on the walls that's such an ingrained image in my mind of that the yeah. of the Welcome Center those paintings of the Velociraptor and the Parasaurol office and stuff. That when they saw that and he kind of touches it, I was like, "Oh, okay, feels like uh, now I'm now I'm getting a little bit emotional." Yeah, it was. I liked that. It, it really, yeah, it was super obvious that he was trying to poke at that, but I didn't care. Yeah, one of the few moments when we were talking earlier about teaching kids about like scientific methodology, that kind of thing. One of the scenes that I really enjoyed and was really emotionally effective for me was the one where they come across the dinosaurs that have been just torn apart by the indominus and they're like this thing is just killing for sport it's not like i like the idea that they're learning from what's going on and not to mention to me that was a super effective scene to just kind of sit there and watch that dinosaur die like right in front of it was really sad it was and and it worked um it worked I, i think i think that's an interesting thing too is that i'll be honest i felt bad for the indominus rex like that's what i was just about to say the movie did a really terrible job of deciding how you were supposed to feel about that creature mm. because they definitely are like Chris Pratt right off the bat is like, you guys are kind of, a, it's like leaving a dog in its crate all day kind of thing. And, and then I kind of was like, well, yeah, I kind of feel a little bit bad. But then I was like, no, I kind of don't because if it, if it seems like it's that intelligent to where it's pulling out its tracker and shit, it's kind of a little malicious. It's a yeah, little bit of a mean dinosaur. It is. But it, I mean, you could, if it's that intelligent, maybe it's made that way because of the treatment that it received, you know? <coughs> I, you almost feel bad for it. You know, there's a moment there where it got pulled down in the water, and I was like, "That's kind of like what a sad short life that creature had." Like, yeah, I don't. You know. uh, did they ever say how old it is? No, Only that it killed its. You'd have really like its yeah, sister or whatever. Sister. It can't have been too old. I something think. about it having uh, rapid growth or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because so yeah, it was it was about as big as the T Rex. I don't think it was that much bigger, was it? No, I don't and they were so. saying it was going to be that. Yeah, it was. They were hoping yeah. it was going to be bigger. So. Oh. I don't. I don't even think it was full grown at that point. That was my assumption. But I like the design of it. I thought it was a cool looking amalgam of a bunch of different dinosaurs. That was neat. Yeah. Better yeah, than that stupid uh, Spinosaurus from JP3. I think that the uh, that's. I didn't really get the read on the commentary that Willie did with it, like trying Colin Trevorrow kind of trying to be like nice and like teach kids about science and, and nature and that. I 
kind of got the opposite that he was kind of being mean about consumerism because there were so many shots of just like you're a retard if you come to theme parks like kind of kind of vibe and like yeah. really stupid like gift stores and like the the shot this actually was the one thing that made <laughs> me laugh my ass off was the little ginger kid rising oh. up in a frame going <laughs> like into the camera right I, in the back of the I, I was like wow like colin trevor might as well have just popped up from the seat next to me and said gotcha and bashed me in the face of the two by four like it was it was that much where i was like okay we get it Theme parks are a little over the top, maybe, from the outside. Well, I think he's plus, doing both. I think he's doing both of those things. Plus the idea of, like, oh, we need somebody. We need Verizon to sponsor the Indominus. Yeah. The Doritosaurus. The Samsung uh, Center. It was way over the top with, like, money, money, stand in line, money, go for rides. And, like, down to, like, the schmuck operating the ride and, like, all the people lying going, oh, boo. Yeah. Like, the whole movie just made me feel really ugly and dirty for liking the idea of Jurassic Park. Like, suddenly I felt ashamed of thinking the first movie was cool. Well, but there was also was some, kind of like, some of it's almost like, I know a lot of people on the internet have been talking about how it's almost just like, look, you made us need to use CG because you're not happy enough if we just made Jurassic Park again. We need bigger and better. And There's some stuff going on there, movies, too. Like, if, it's, if it's that meta, that's kind of annoying. Or I'm kind of like, listen... I don't. Who knows if it was really intentional? But it's one of those things where it's just kind of like it fits in with a lot of the consumerism stuff, and it's also just that's the thing. I one hundred percent. You will never convince me, and I do not buy. There is no kid on the planet Earth that would be bored by that, though. <laughs> there is no kid that would be like, "Eh, dinosaurs have been around for like twenty years. That's that shit's lame." No, no. Kids, Kids these... go to the zoo and go look at polar bears and get excited and penguins. Shit that's boring and has well, been here forever. Kids, kids that are of the right age. I mean that that teen that teenager. I mean, I, yeah, I look at him and go, "Are you nuts?" Like, look at the dinosaurs. But yeah, I think I liked that too because I like that his little brother kind of starts opening him up to yeah how nice yeah. it is. It's it's not. I don't think it's that he's disinterested. I think it's he's fucking distracted all the time. Like he's he. I mean, he's a horny teenager it's got for the one. Hormones. Well, right. but they they talk about it though. They talk about how the public is not satisfied by this and like yeah. that kind of thing. And I'm like, and that they need to create the bigger dinosaur. Yeah, and I find that spike and- utterly ridiculous. I'm like, listen, man. And that, but but like we said the next day, um, it depends on who who can go to Jurassic World because yep. it seems like it's pretty expensive. You'd have to have well, a passport. Um, you'd have to pay a plane ticket to Costa Rica. You'd have to stay on that island the because resort, where else yeah. are you going to go? They probably charge a, cra- a crap load for like a hotel. Which it seemed like there were a ton of just common folk there. So that was, was a weird part. Very that, strange. Yeah. There's a lot of inconsistency. I'm kind of like, is it is it cheap to go there? Is it like Disneyland? Maybe Janeiro's coupon there? day idea finally <laughs> yeah, came to pass. Coupon for Jurassic World. <laughs> there, there's just a, a lot of inconsistency in the movie and a lot of things that aren't explained. And the only other tiny thing I have to sneak in is the the, the subplot with the parents and like the divorce and all that. Like, please, No. The only Cut. reason that should exist is because Judy Greer is good, but the rest of it is so useless. Oh, it sh- to the... should not exist at all. You could still have the phone call with the mom. That scene I liked with her and Bryce Dallas Howard talking on the phone. I was like, oh, cool, some some character. Yeah, for both of these people, that's neat. But like the whole this the scene of the kid crying on the on the train. I wanted to pull my seat out of the theater and, and throw it. Like that was utterly ridiculous and painful to watch. It came out of nowhere. The kid sucks in that scene. And it just, everything about it rang really false and unnecessary. And I was like, this is really pathetic. Like, this isn't necessary. You don't need to make this kid sad for me to like him. Yeah. I like him because he's enthusiastic. And he's not hes not like his jaded older brother. Like, that's cool. Don't don't make him into this weird little whiny guy. Like, I don't know. I, it's really unnecessary. When, when the rest of the characters in the movie are, are such, like, 
cookie cutter characters anyway. Like I don't know. I didn't. Like it, it. it felt a little shoehorned in there. It was it really yeah. really rough. Not not as bad as Chris Pratt's uh, scene outside his little log jamming trailer there. <laughs> that was still awful. But I love I, that. I, I was, didn't care. That I was, was great. <sighs> I, it was hilarious. In context, it wasn't as bad to me, and I still swear I didn't go back and watch it, but I feel like there were a lot of wackier music hits in the like initial release of it. Noises of like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> whistle noises. Wah, and, wah. Pretty much. That's, that, for some reason, my memory has that ingrained in it, but I could be totally wrong. Someone should go in and put a laugh track in after his lines, because <laughs> it, it's awful awful it's written like a like it was a movie it was a movie that was shot in the it should that scene honestly don't write that scene yeah chris pratt's good enough on the fly like just let him go a little bit and let i didn't mind bryce he's Dallas a man Howard. there to do his job he should just be like oh they need me to do something yeah don't, he just he doesn't need to be like a tete-a-tete of oh we went on a date once mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe again let us throw barbs at each other <laughs> Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Didn't make any sense, and it was terrible. I felt like that character would show up, and be like, "Hey, they need you," and he would be like, "Hey, I need you." Door slam, drive away. Like, it, it just nothing about <laughs> yeah. it was good. Uh, I have like four or five other things I want to touch on. Let's see if I can remember any of them. I like the idea of the the explanation, like the one line of dialogue that's the explanation for why they didn't update the dinosaurs to have feathers and to like yes. all the stuff that we've learned yep. about dinosaurs since the first movie came out. They're just kind of like Henry Wu's like, look, these things have like frog DNA and all kinds of other crap in them. They're nothing like what the what the dinosaurs would have been years like yeah. in the Jurassic yeah. period. I kind of like that explanation. I thought it was a very functional like. Okay, I can accept that. So mm-hmm. I applaud it for that. Um, a few more logic dumps in the sphere thing. When the kids are in the sphere thing, and they all like, there's two two logic dumps here. When they start to close down the rest of the park, number one, who makes a sphere ride where you can't recall all those dumb spheres if you give them free reign over this range? Number two. If I'm in a dinosaur park and something's like, you need to come back now. Mm-hmm. I don't care what age I am. I'm going to get the fuck back to where I need to be because no, <laughs> like I, I honestly, like if I see caution tape 30 feet away, I'm running the other direction because <laughs> it's like, there's, it makes no sense to me. Vincent D'Onofrio's plan. The plan of weaponizing these Raptors is so stupid. You're ready. That'll, so that's stupid. probably going to be your sequel. So like, yeah. The idea that we're going to dump a bunch of raptors in Iraq and they're going to go and hunt like insurgents in caves is so dumb. I want to like, see that movie. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like, it's like that Rambo movie we haven't gotten of him fighting it's the zero monsters. Zero Dark Thirty with the raptors. Well, here's the two ways that that goes. It's either number one, you throw the raptors down there and they just get shot and killed immediately. Or number two, you throw so many raptors down there that you're never inhabiting that land again. <laughs> that they take over. Yeah. like <laughs> Guys, we're significant. <laughs> They just renamed Afghanistan it's like, Raptor. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's like that cat island off the coast yes, of Japan. Yes, yes with the feral cats. <laughs> yes, with, the, with a bunch of feral cats. No, it would just turn into like the Middle East is now taken over by the, that, the that's Republic the of Raptoria does not acknowledge the UN. Chris Pratt, they yeah. drop they drop him in, and he's got a. Yeah, Guys, he's, stop. He's just in the center there, just like... There's 8,000 raptors. <laughs> <laughs> We're one step closer to a Dino Riders movie, so just relax. Oh, yeah, yes. yes. Well, I mean... Yeah. It's okay. But I 
I don't know. Like, Would that I really have... upset you? If, if they were like, the next Jurassic Park is going to be a human military group that has to like unite with the dinosaurs because they've been trained. and they're that, gonna... That's Dino Riders. If I have to buy that as like, this is what's happening in this movie, fine. But in this movie, somebody having the idea of like, oh, this guy can sometimes use a clicker to make them almost obey him. <laughs> but, he, the, but then the raptors go and almost eat somebody right in front of me. I'm not like... We should throw those things out of planes so they can kill all the terrorists. Like, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your logic doesn't work on so many levels that I cannot. I can't let Probably, it go. again, some more oh my God, thinly veiled rappers. commentary. Oh, be the best. Well, I, yeah. I'm like, the military's dumb because look how dumb they would try to be to yeah. win the war oh. over here. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I think there was one other thing. That's that the thing about, the, fir- about. the first Jurassic Park tackled a nice subjects that man all men probably struggle with and this one just goes way off into like yeah. eight different directions and don't, you don't like really the, the ethical quandaries of like you know with Ian Malcolm being like you guys didn't you guys are so you were so focused on if you could do you it could. you didn't stop to think whether or not you should yeah like that line alone is one of my favorite lines oh, in fantastic. like movie history because yeah. it's beautiful yeah. and the idea that it gets reduced to memes about like food items I love it but <laughs> um this movie just doesn't care about any of that nuance at all. Like, it's very much just like a, here you go, but. <laughs> yeah, it's more like, let's make fun of SeaWorld goers and the military. And it's yeah. a little, it's a little bit. The only other thing that I wanted to comment on, I was so ready to hate the scene of Bryce Dallas Howard, like, unbuttoning her shirt and tying it up and, you know, whatever she was doing there. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. What is that? Why is, what is that going to do? And then Chris Pratt's like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, I don't, I don't know I don't what know this what means. means. Yeah. Perfect. She was cute. That, no, but that, that like Chris Pratt, like the fact that my thoughts and words came right out of Chris Pratt's oh. mouth are the only way that that scene. That part didn't be bother me because I was like, to, she probably thinks this is, this is impressive. This is what I can do. Yeah. She's like, check it out. I can get ready. I got this. I, I, I don't have to be in business attire. I'm just glad that the movie. No, oh yeah. yeah. No, totally. 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 Oh yeah. Uh, that was slick. Yeah. The yeah. other thing, uh, as men, I don't think it probably, I'm sure we noticed, but I don't think it bothered us to the degree that it did, uh, the women in the audience, but her wearing heels throughout the duration of the entire film is. And there's like a whole thing of that because apparently Colin Trevorrow was like, that was Bryce Dallas Howard's idea and she wanted it to be like, women can still kick ass in high heels, but no, they can't. it's just a logic. Like, no, I'm sorry. Like when you need it's to like out- men running around in stilts, like when, that doesn't make any when sense. When you need to outrun a T-Rex, I'm sorry. You should not have your heels. That's up. like Pratt wearing a tux the whole movie. Like, why would he do that? It's like him wearing ice skates. Yeah. Like, it's just a horrible doesn't... idea. No. Yeah, no, I was not a, not I didn't even idea. think about it. I'm not going to lie. You guys are thinking way too much. I, no, I, I didn't I didn't think about it too much, but okay. I was kind of like No, it was pointed know. out to me during the movie and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a bad idea." Whatever. That's something that person sucks. About. Who is that? Hmm? I'm just kidding. Is <laughs> <laughs> that person like, that person sucks? You have one guess. It was me. <laughs> yeah, Alex goes, well, "I don't wear my heels all day." How can, how can she? Uh, yeah, Any? you were saying something a minute ago, and it was really good, and I wanted to say something too about it, but now I don't remember. So now we're even. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Full circle, Jurassic World. Yes. Oh, it was probably a, a, something to do with the Raptors being. Oh yeah, because I I mentioned when you mentioned that to me before. Uh, between seeing the movie and now, I said the only the only reason Raptors work in these movies is because they're in their natural or what we perceive to yeah. be their natural habitat. Like they can they can hide behind tall grass and trees and move quickly. But if you dump them into like just a canyon in Afghanistan, <laughs> like boss, fifty Raptors down there. <laughs> Hit him with a missile, man. What are you? What are you telling me for? Just do it. No, you need to capture those so we can train them. 
I don't know. No, it would. It's a. It is a silly plan. <laughs> Any final thoughts? No, I'm good. Uh, uh what the hell is? How, how is there going to be another one? I don't know, but there will it's be. Going to be Dino Riders. If that's it, I'm cool with it. It's if I, if it's like if it's like this one takes place eighty years later and it's like the future. What if okay. this was written partially by Rick Jaffa and Amanda you know what? Silver? No, of- the only here's the thing I, I did want to say when we were going to talk about the chronology of Jurassic Park movies. The only one that really makes any sense as a sequel is three, because yes. three the island has been left alone. They've mm-hmm. been growing on it, yep. and a stupid kid gets it's an lost on it. It's yeah. an accident. Yeah. Send it a rescue team. Send an Alan Grant who's been there before. Yep. Cool. Great idea. Bad execution. But mm. the only way this one works is if a similar type of thing. Like, okay, Jurassic World is shut down because it's a, it's a flop. It's a failure. Like, uh, people died. It's horrible, like Jake Johnson says. And maybe they, they send in someone to get... Like, we don't know what happened to Henry Wu. So he flew away on a chopper. I'm guessing, like Willie said, it's going to tie into that somehow. But I'm thinking someone will have to go back for... To, to get something, some piece of research or some shit Wu had hidden down in his little stash or something like that. And if it's a team of like, is, did you like, how did we not talk about this? Did you like the, the full on aliens sequence in this movie? Full on alien sequence in this movie. Oh, just like the. Really? The, the, the team of like military guys with their pictures and their heartbeats of oh, yeah, getting yeah. picked off no, one I, at a time I, in their faces. I, I was like, this is aliens. Yeah, like, I noticed. 1000% <laughs> aliens. Trevor has seen that film for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, if it's something like that, that I'm kind of in. I'd be down for like, what if Henry Rue has to like, like he's he's banished from the scientific community because he's such a dick, <laughs> and like he has to like go hide it like overseas somewhere, and some terrorist group like gathers him up, and they're like, we're gonna go to that island and get some dinosaurs and drop those motherfuckers in America and see what happens, and that'd be sweet. Like I want to see like like just like fucked up New York like in a urban setting and just dinosaurs running around in an urban setting. That'd be sweet. I don't know, that'd be awesome. See, I don't know. I think the dinosaurs coming to LA was one of the major issues. Well, with- see, but that that tried to be Godzilla, and it was really yeah. stupid. Like, I'm talking about like like a city that's just trashed already when the movie starts, and there's people like surviving, and you're like, what the, what happened here? And there's it did become right. Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah, and it's so like they quarant- tried to drop it's like in quarantined the off or something. Here's the know? thing: I, you'd have to bring a lot of dinosaurs for that. It's to very happen. true. It's like it's like the, but the, the main Wu, problem with any shambling zombie movie. I'm like the military would just annihilate them immediately. They've got like, Wu, dinosaurs though, would kill people for them. for like 30 minutes, and then the national guard would show up and shoot them with a tank, and they'd be dead, mm-hmm. and that would be the end of it. And then Which, Chris Pratt and Sam Neill team up at the end with Jeff Goldblum, the three of them together, <laughs> and have a, a three on one fight with Henry Wu, who is <laughs> on a rooftop, <laughs> on a rooftop, who's riding a dinosaur yeah. that has guns. Oh, why the Gallimimus with the uh, with tracking lasers on it. <laughs> Call us up, Trevorrow. We got this. We got the ideas, man. I hope that Dr. Henry Wu immediately got onto the helicopter and flew to the Super Bowl that uh, Will Smith then takes him for in focus. That that's what it should be. the The new one should be <laughs> should be the Costa Ricans capturing dinosaurs and having like Pokemon Stadium, like pit, <laughs> the pit fighting between the dinosaur breeds. I don't know. We're, we're we should just do a, a movie on the island, and no people should be in it. What if just uh, dinosaurs? It should be narrated it, by Richard Attenborough. Yep. What if it? T- the other one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what if it takes place seventy years later and Caesar comes to the island and it's like, I was going to oh. say, can we get a blue Caesar Godzilla twenty fourteen and Gollum like team up movie? <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. Gollum. <laughs> yeah, he's a CG. Creature. Andy Serkis is the only person employed in the whole King movie. Kong. Throw him in there too. <laughs> 
Okay. All right, that's enough. I, I think there there is room for sequels that actually make sense, but the the park thing can't no more. Well, I told you. I told you the the title already. It's The Lost Park Jurassic World, which blew my mind <laughs> when you said that. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it right there. Do it. Yeah. Feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can talk to us about our show or the things that we talk about. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at MFN Podcast. Search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Instagram or, well, on iTunes and <sighs> ruined my flow, Facebook and Vine and Stitcher, of course. Uh, MidwestFilmNerds.com has all previous 131 plus bonus episodes and full show notes. So you can skip over the spoiler Terry and other things in the show. Uh, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com is where you can go to shop on Amazon and have part of your purchase come to us so that we can make our shows and network better. Um, Next week, probably Inside Out. I think that's the plan. Um, There's a Game Nerds episode in the works. We're going to talk about The Witcher 3 and maybe some other stuff at some point soon, but one did come out this past weekend. It was our top 10 of last generation episode. It's very, very good. You should listen to it. It's very long, but it's worth it. Um, Alex is having intestinal issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so forgive him for that. Luckily, John didn't edit any of it out, but there you go. Um, I think that's just about it. So, Kyle Y, go watch a movie. Still moving.